Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions supply. Visit website for more details. Do <laughs> it. Just, just, just leave that in. Just go. Just this is a garage. No. <laughs> no. No. Let's start no. her again. Uh, From the top, Morty. Frattle. <laughs> we'll just swing by the cafe later. Yeah, it's not uh, a problem. <laughs> I don't like the way they're lit. You know that. Uh, the, Bad uh, fra- lighting is, is not good. Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Centers. <laughs> For my no, cataracts. Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you... Garage Logic Podcast number 185, June 26, 2019. 99 degrees on this day in 1931. Kids were tangled up in weeds, man. Aquaside wasn't invented yet. And 46 degrees in 1926 when they wouldn't have swam or swum or swimming anyway. Do I start now? Yes. I couldn't hear. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Wait, Joe Souchere. What's the joke? You never told the joke. I can't remember. Say, uh, oh. Minnesota State Representative Steve Draskowski. Uh, District 28B down, well, where is it? It's down Roch- uh, Red Wing Way, maybe? Yeah. Uh, here, I have it. I have my guide. I have my you guide. You had your book? You still have your guide? Uh, wow. Mazeppa. Yeah. Home of Hurricane Hills, the motocross track. Kellogg, is that what that track is? down that way. Yeah, that's Representative cool. Steve yeah. Draskowski has uh, asked... Uh, Uh, U.S. Rep. Angie Craig to initiate an investigation, an ethics investigation into the behavior of U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar and Steve will join us on today's podcast in about 30 minutes. The Zambroda Mazeppa High School nickname is? I have no idea. The Dogs. The Zephyrs. The Zephyrs? The Zephyrs. Matamita is the Zephyrs. Oh, that's right. You know what a Zephyr is? No. Yes. Is it a train? It's a light wind. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I had I heard new... a couple Zephyrs earlier before the show. <laughs> Squeakers. <laughs> I had a the... boat named Zephyr. What your... Any particular reason? <laughs> One of your, yeah, because it went so slow in the wind. <laughs> uh, new Greg Holcomb cartoon today oh, regarding man. Kenny's rat problem. I have not seen it yet. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> How rat does he li- do it? Rat lives matter. <laughs> 
picketing Kenny's farm. They're picketing <laughs> Kenny. Pro, rats protesting me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he also alerted me to a story out of Sweden. Uh, I'm going to save it for Positive Thursday. A GLer who couldn't help himself, he had to tinker with his electric cyst bicycle. Oh. Guess how fast he got it going. Oh, I bet upwards of 40. 100 miles an hour. What? On a bike? Tomorrow you'll hear more about it. Yeah. You can take the governor off it or what? Where did he store them? I mean... You'll find out tomorrow. Are you here tomorrow? Uh, because 100 miles an hour on a bicycle? Yeah. There's the cartoon. Is hey, he... hey, ho, ho. Kenny Olson, ha- Kenny Olson has to go. <laughs> Rat lives matter. Kenny is a city. <laughs> Missing mom. Missing mom. Yeah. Crabby coffee shop with the with the line driven Bear through it. it. <laughs> he got me. Push back. The rats are f- sprawled all over oh, the place. Yeah, look, he's got one leg, a pencil, like a pencil <laughs> leg. He's an amputee. <laughs> <laughs> Leah in the UK. Uh, says that it, she says hail the flashlight king hail you she says a group of knitters isn't a gaggle or a school it's a spinster a oh. spinster of knitters a spinster is yeah, that where UK. that term comes that's comes right, from that's right interesting uh, tonight is the first night of the uh, of a two night special on television the democratic debates <laughs> I, I'm just appalled I, I really am will you I'm be just, glued. No, it's just I should be, but I can't. I just won't. I can't. I, first of all, it's way too early. Secondly, it's being treated as though it's a, uh, a television special. It's embarrassing. It's it's preposterous. I would rather get my swimsuit area caught in a rat trap. Ooh, I would, too. Uh, the only reason it could be interesting is to watch them out-progressive each other. Or to eat each other alive. But I don't want yes, to. I, I can't oh. take it. None of them interest oh. me. Not a one of them interests me. Doesn't that sound like an SNL bit, bit, uh, bit yeah. waiting to happen? Well, just outdoing one another. In fact, SNL would have you know forty-seven <laughs> candidates on one stage. Jim Dudley writes, Mayor, I actually delivered this newspaper an article to the homes of people in Des Moines, Iowa, at the age of twelve. It's like humans have a need to have a henny penny in their lives, because it seems like the sky is always falling. And uh, here's the paper, Des Moines Register. The Des Moines Sunday Register, July 21, 1974, world is getting cooler. I told you this. Cool didn't work. Right. Blue Planet wasn't good marketing. It wasn't frightening enough. On the cover of time. So you went to you went to the Red Planet. Red's more frightening than blue. Droughts, floods, blizzards, tornadoes, typhoons, and hurricanes have plagued much of the nation and the world in recent years. Most people consider these weather conditions to be abnormal and temporary, but instead climatologists now believe that the first half of the 20th century was blessed with unusually mild weather and that the global climate has begun returning to a harsher or more normal state. For, uh, for the long run, there is mounting evidence of a worldwide cooling trend. 1974. Boom. Thank you. I'm going to solve some problems today for people. You got some emails on the spindle? Uh, While you're looking, uh, somewhere in the last two days I read an item about um, fire and smoke in the upper atmosphere that is actually calming tropical storms and hurricanes. Really? And we're having a, uh, a very easy hurricane season this year. Due to uh, wildfire smoke in the upper atmosphere. Boom. Speaking there, of the there's rats. a little nugget for you. Speaking Attaboy. of the rats, uh, uh, Tim points out, I never thought I would be saying this, but Kenny may be in a position to serve the queen. And there's a story out of the out of uh, London where uh, rats have been seen at Buckingham Palace. Ooh. Oh, they are creepy and evil. Mm-hmm. wonder what the teeth look like on those rats. Where is that? 
Yes, British rats. They've Here got crummy teeth. <laughs> Probably too much cheese, yes? Jeez. Call the rat catcher. <laughs> Kenneth. Kenneth Olsen. Yes. <laughs> Turns out that big rat is actually a kangaroo, a baby kangaroo. <laughs> and why do you I have, have a to, I have to help Tino. Joe, I'm a longtime listener, and I know permission when I hear it. Mm-hmm. But a question arose the other day. An older white boxster, maybe of 1998 to 2000-ish, passed our van on Highway 94. My wife commented how nice it looked, practically instructing me to purchase one. <laughs> That's what permission yeah. is. Here is my question. What is the statute of limitations on permission, and does that apply to that specific oh. model? Five years from now, presuming I had the money, could I purchase a brand new one? Good luck. Well, let me answer it this way. There is no statute of limitations. It's open-ended. It's open-ended. Because all you have to say is, you don't remember when we were driving on 94 right. and you told me how great that thing that's looks? Sexy little it's practically boxster? begging me to right. get James one. Dean, the yeah. whole deal. In perpetuity. Uh, for GLers new to the uh, uh, concept, uh, permission is that which you hear from the significant other that would allow you to make a purchase you otherwise wouldn't dare to make. Mm-hmm. Did it's you get not the 48-hour rule. It's not the three prices you pay. It's nope. not the 50-50-90 rule. It's uh, usually you're in the, you're in the uh, uh, company of your uh, wife or husband, and uh, most uh, typically the wife will look at a Corvette, for example, and say, I really like that color. Didn't we That's have one, permission. Yeah. Didn't we Boom. have one a couple of years ago where the, the husband and the wife were watching a commercial? Yeah. We had one, and, and she said, wow, that's a really nice, and I forget if it was a vehicle or a boat or whatever it was. And, uh, and so, so A, uh, Tim, or Tino, uh, no, there's no statute of limitations. And two, uh, permission does not uh, apply to any specific model. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask. Well, it, well, no, I'm sorry, it does. Does it have he, to be that exact yeah, yeah, year, he, make, he can, and model? He can bring home a used Boxster based on this permission. He couldn't bring home a used Mercedes. Do you it. have his phone number? Because I know a dumb dumb trying to get rid of a Boxster. Just I throw out too. your email. He's probably listening. I know I somebody too. trying to get rid of a Jag. I do too. Uh, yeah, call. So uh, I hope I've helped that listener. I'm here to help people. I'm give the us mayor. A call. Got it. Uh, while listening, this is from uh, Dan. Uh, while listening to Mondays, just a minute. Hold on. Backtrack. What? Monday. While listening to Monday's podcast, number 180, or was it 181? Who knows? As long as you get to listen to podcast 1000 someday. Thank you. Thought I would let you know how my daughter has elected to pay for college. She enlisted in the Air National Guard and will be leaving for basic training this fall. Her desire is to become a nurse. So when it came time to enlist, she chose aerospace medical technician. She will be flying in C-130s, giving aid to injured or recovering service members when they need transport and helping with natural disasters within the U.S. Below, I will give you a breakdown of the benefits monetarily. A $20,000 signing bonus, eighteen grand per year for college, $250 a month for her weekend drill duty, $750 a month bonus for a B average while in school. This adds up to $140,000 over the course of four years, although it is a six-year enlistment, $35,000 a year for roughly 272 hours of work. Not once has she ever shown excitement for what she is going to get monetarily out of this process. She has only talked about the experience and most of all how excited she is to help those in need. Yes, there will be some sacrifice, but she will do and see things that will make her a better person. Now, before you get excited that maybe there is a hope for our youngsters, 
My youngest is a vegetarian liberal who yells at me if I use a paper towel to dry my hands versus a cloth <laughs> towel. Keep up the good work because I have a hell of a job ahead of me with my youngest, Dan Fink. Well, that's one way to go through school, isn't it? Right. Uh, and then I, I apologize. I certainly should have caught this. <clears throat> Uh, Kenny, when you looked at the picture of Bernie Sanders and Ilhan Omar and you saw a presidential ticket, uh, it can't be. Uh, she can't ever run for oh, that. Oh, right. Yeah, thank sure. you. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me that yesterday? I, uh, yeah, Joe. I've got a number Jeez. of emails. Here's uh, Ryan. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So you, you really think that even though that rule is in place, you need to be over 35. Well, that's, that's the cynic in you. Yeah. This is, uh, I'm, I wonder if there's any wiggle room for I Ilhan. I was standing on a three-legged chair all afternoon. You could have called me with that. Legal requirements for presidential candidates have remained the same since the year Washington accepted the presidency. As directed by the Constitution, a presidential candidate must be a natural-born citizen of the United States, a resident for 14 years and 35 years of age or older. Bernie Sanders with any running mate is terrifying enough, but at least we won't have to put up with that self-righteous, antagonistic woman from the 5th District. Ryan Johnson Wilmer and uh, Peter wants me to know, uh, dear Honorable Mayor and high school civics class geniuses, I listened amused as you and the Garage Logic mayoral staff imagined the horror of a Bernie Sanders Ilhan Omer ticket, considering that Article 2 of the Constitution minimum requirements by no, Representative Ilhan Omar was born in Mogadishu, Somalia on October 4, 1982, okay. and does not qualify for the natural born citizen birther requirement to be president of the United States, at least for now. Stop right there. Mm -hmm. I agree with Matthew. She's not supposed to be on the Foreign Affairs Committee. That's why we're talking to Steve Dreskowski. She's not supposed to be on it because I, I, of her birth and she, from where she's from. I, is she's there not a constitutional uh, I application I to that? I believe laws have been bypassed. I, I don't know about the committee, but I for sure know about the presidency that there's no way. But she has been a group of firsts. They've celebrated she is the first one to do X, Y, Z. Don't, don't, don't think for a moment that someone like that wouldn't make a, a case out of that. Why, why should being president of the United States be limited to people born here? The two most oh, important words you just read in those last couple of emails is for now. Yeah, for now. Yeah. For now. I got the e-bike out yesterday. Oh, yeah? Where'd mm -hmm. you go? I uh, went into Highland and back. Uh, oh, that was easy ride, I bet. That was a stretch. I bet it was effortless. Hills are not a problem. That's what I'm saying. It's the final week of Yamaha Get Out and Ride sales event at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Several units marked down to cost to celebrate. Uh, a new 2019 Matt Black Kodiak 700 special with power steering, 8200 bucks. It was 9299 a 2019 Realtree Camo Kodiak 700 with power steering. These are four-wheelers, by the way. $8,200 was $91.99. Both great for riding trails and doing any work around your home, especially plowing. A new 2019 Wolverine side-by-side -side in blue with hardtop. Best handling four-person side-by-side in the industry. On sale for $15,750 with the MSRP of $17. 
750. And I looked at the pictures Tim sent me. These are great, great uh, devices. You know where they're really popular? Lake cabins. I'm talking oh, yeah. about EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. You can't miss it. Full line of Yamaha products, scooters, ATVs, mopeds, youth ATVs, youth snowmobiles, and the uh, that line of Eco, or, uh, well, they are EcoFun bikes. The Bintelli e-bikes. You can pedal on your own, use the motor assist, or use the thumb control and cruise up to 20 miles an hour with no effort at all. And no other store in Minnesota offers an on-the-floor display of electric bikes that compares to what you will see at EcoFun. And you're not going to pay EcoFun the crazy prices they charge for e-bikes at bicycle shops that exclusively sell bicycles. EcoFunMotorsports.com. Charles writes, Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you! Democrats supported slavery in the 1850s. So in theory, isn't the left obligated to rename the Democratic Party similarly to Lake Calhoun? Pushing back Chuck from Burnsville. It's a great point. Oh, I never thought about that. It's a that. great point. Does anybody know the exact quote that Lyndon B. Johnson made when uh, blacks were uh, given the right to vote? I'm I gonna, don't. I'm going to look it up because if uh, memory serves, it's rather foul and super-duper racist. Well, uh, Kenny, we're being admonished again, or I guess all of us are, by the Reverend Craig Nearing in Clintonville, Wisconsin. I listened to your talk on the Muslim councilman who was being chastised for not signing a decree and not apologizing. Couldn't help but think that you and Kenny were sounding just as tyrannical as any good liberal. Hmm. First, he didn't break any law. As you were saying, he was flouting the law, and he wouldn't sign and. And he wouldn't sign a decree honoring Pride Month. Hardly a case of not enforcing laws. Second, you missed the entire point. He was trying to say that he as a Muslim disagreed with such a lifestyle that, while not kosher with the left, isn't wrong according to his religious views. And if you do believe in religious freedom, then he has the right to do so. You two sounded like a lot of good liberals telling someone what they should believe. No, that's a good point. This is exactly the same as the left trying to do what the left is trying to do to Christianity, Reverend Craig Nair in Clintonville. Well, I, I will take issue with Craig. Well, uh, well, part of, I think, where I was coming from was um, if they're going to... I, I never made... <laughs> I never. First. Well, we never contended that he broke a law by not signing uh, a city council resolution honoring Pride Month. No, no. Uh, my conversation about, this is this Busari fellow. Mm-hmm. My conversation was more about the, the, the windmilling that was take place because he ripped the hell out of gay people and won't apologize for that. And I think what the Reverend is saying yeah. is, as a, as, a, as a practicer of his faith, he has every right in the world uh, to, uh, to condemn uh, gayness. Sure. Uh, but I never, never said he broke any law. I have, uh, I also have... Uh, you know, the reminder we were once told by a fellow who grew up on the east side, he's now in the uh, funeral business, mm-hmm. that, and he had a great observation that uh, people once moved here to become Americans. They now just move here to live in America. And he thought that this Busari is a great example of that. He has no intention of, right. of adopting any, any, uh, any American worldview. Uh, he'll only... W- w- cling to his own. Right. Uh, but in terms of the reverend, uh, I never I never said the guy broke any law. It's not a, you're not you're right. You're not breaking any law by not signing a pride month declaration. Mm-hmm. So, I hope that helps the uh, reverend clear that up. In fact, I think we did say windmilling yesterday. Yeah, was it yesterday? It's a case it was a case of windmilling. Mm-hmm. 
because it's the most sacred thing in the world to the left is you can't bash gays. Right. Uh, I This is Mark Powell. I wonder if he knows I retweeted his picture. I've even learned how to retweet. I saw, I've noticed wow. saw that. Congratulations. It's a big day. Well, he said he was flying the red eye back from Anchorage last week on the evening of the longest day. and he, and he, he That was a cool photo. He tweeted out a photo of that. He said the sun never got lower than this, meaning the picture, and started rising about two hours after that was taken. And as I looked out the front windscreen, the moon was rising. Good luck, Mark Powell. And I thought it was such a nifty photo, I retweeted it. Yeah, it was a cool photo. It never got dark. Flying back That's from Anchorage. Isn't that eerie? Isn't that something? Yeah. That would freak well, you and out. And especially being in the airplane and having a, you know, a, a full glance at it. That was, right. that was a cool shot that he got. I bet those pilots have seen some neat stuff. Hell yeah. Just some neat stuff. When we come back, I'm going to solve another problem for you. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no cost, no obligation, 48 minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. A Minnesota state rep uh, representative is calling on U.S. Representative Angie Craig to initiate an investigation into U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar. State Rep. Steve Dreskowski has called on Craig to remove Omar's security clearances, remove the freshman congresswoman from the House Foreign Affairs Committee, and initiate an ethics investigation over allegations of federal and state offenses. Ms. Omar appears to be a serial career criminal and should not have access to our nation's highest secrets and intelligence, Drazowski said during a press conference Tuesday. Craig called Drazkowski's call for an investigation a political stunt. The people I talk to want me to focus on reducing the price of health care and prescription drugs, and that's exactly what I'm doing, Craig said in a statement. So it sounds like Craig is not going to be helpful. Wow. Omar's office issued the following statement. Since before she was elected to office, Ilhan has been the subject of conspiracy theories and false accusations about her personal life. Emboldened by a president who openly treats immigrants, refugees, Muslims as invaders, these attacks often stem from the presumption that Ilhan, like others who share those identities, is somehow illegitimate or not fully American. Ilhan has shared more than most public officials ever do about the details of her personal life. B.S. Even when it is personally painful, rather by colluding with right-wing outlets to go after Muslim elected officials or hounding family members, legitimate media outlets have a responsibility not to fan the flames of hate, 
continuing to do so not only is demeaning to Ilham, but to her family. Uh, earlier this month, of course, Omar was fined 500 bucks for violating a campaign finance law. Uh, I'm anxious to talk to Steve Drazkowski. I doubt that he's uh, uh, an inflamed right winger, uh, uh, but this would at least give us some cachet uh, talking to a fellow about what he might know to be the facts. It's quite clear that Omar's camp, no matter what might be turned up about her, Omar's camp will say that she's being victimized by this information. No matter what. No matter what's discovered, anytime that she's being victimized. Anytime there's any controversy or questions, she hides behind that. And then, remember, she comes here and talks to school kids, but the parents aren't allowed to Right. Room. So I don't know what that's all about. But, but uh, they say that she's being victimized, and then they stop. They, they, they do not comment further. I like the idea that what he's contesting is the idea that she should uh, serve on a national security basis. Uh, I, how did she earn that so quickly? She asked for it. She didn't earn it. Really? She, she went right to the top and asked for really? it. Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. All right. Elliot Engel, a Democrat out of New York, is the uh, committee chairman there. Steve Draskowski, hi. Hey, Joe. How are you? Are you in Mazeppa? Um, I live in Mazeppa. I'm uh, working in Winona this afternoon. What do you do for a living, sir, besides being a representative? I run a shoe store, um, a family-owned business uh, since 1924. Wow, really? Cool. Really? You got to advertise Baker with us. Shoes in Winona. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, State Representative Steve Dreskowski has called on Angie Craig to initiate an investigation into U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar and Angie Craig... Uh, I'm going to paraphrase, says she can't be bothered with such nonsense. Yeah, well, uh, you know, one person's nonsense uh, is uh, to another person is very important. Apparently, uh, the political angle on this for Representative Craig is, is more important than actually getting down to truth and, and seeking justice here. She calls uh, she calls your call for an investigation a political stunt. I'm I'm not necessarily understanding how you might benefit from this if it's a political stunt. I don't benefit at all. I'm not running for Congress. Maybe Representative Craig thinks I'm running for her seat. I'm not sure, but uh, simply um, she's my congresswoman, and I'm asking her to open an ethics investigation and push to remove someone who has a uh, past of, of criminal activity, serial criminal activity, from the House Committee on Foreign Affairs and to remove her security clearances. Uh, is there, there's, and she achieved that position in Congress. That has nothing to do with any constitutional forbid, uh, anything to forbid that, right? I mean, she's, even though she's a, a, a not born in the United States, she can serve on any of these committees. Is that correct? To the best of your yeah, knowledge? She's a, yeah, she's a, I mean, I understand her to be a citizen and certainly um, legal to be um, in the position she's in if elected properly and following the law. What What is compelling your uh, your your uh, desire for this? What you've been you've been a critic of hers for quite some time. Help us understand that. Well, Joe, I um, I saw some of this coming a year ago, um, a year ago this month. Um the state campaign finance board came forward with what uh, was a third uh, fine on Representative Ilmore. And I had, on Representative uh, uh, Omar, um, I had um, served with Representative Omar, then State Representative Omar, in the Minnesota House at that point for a little over a year. 
Uh, but this was the third campaign finance violation and fine that came forward. Um, and I was like, my eyes were wide open because I have never seen that level of, of um, uh, lack of uh, respect for the law, uh, for campaign finance law, by anyone in the in my then 11 years in the Minnesota House of Representatives. And so it opened my eyes. This latest thing at that point in time, a year ago today, was um, the fact that she hadn't filed her statement of economic interest, um, which was due in uh, January of 2018 at that point. Mm-hmm. And she waited a full five months to file it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. And so she had accumulated the maximum fine, $1,100, uh, for that, uh, for her campaign, for refusing to file it. And um, she filed it three days after her endorsing convention for the Congressional District 5 um, was, uh, was complete. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she also filed it after the state legislative session was done, uh, which, uh, by the way, after looking into the statement of economic interest that she filed three days after her endorsing convention and five months after it was due, uh, discovered there were three violations of Minnesota House rules, very direct and uh, irrefutable violations of House rules uh, that she had um, included and shown evidence of in, in that, because she had to legally, in the, the disclosures of the Statement of Economic Interest. And that was that she took money from three different higher education institutions in the form of honorariums for speaking at those colleges, uh, which, is, as I mentioned, is expressly prohibited by House rules. Um, and so, uh, uh, at that point, then, uh, you know, I held a press conference, uh, and, and called her out and said, she needs to pay this back. She did, um, and realized she was wrong, but she avoided both the wrath of her delegates by filing it five months late. And also the wrath of the house ethics committee, because the house ethics, the, the Minnesota house was out of session. The ethics committee could not meet. And so, uh, she basically covered up. Uh, the realities in that uh, those economic um, transactions, which was part of her business, is speaking, and she she spoke uh, to organizations and extracted money from um, from taxpayer funded uh, colleges um, while she sat then on the um, Minnesota House Higher Education Committee that makes the primary funding decisions for them. So um, I saw at that point in time, Joe. This what I recognize to be a pattern of corruption, and uh, I don't like corruption. And so um, I followed it even further and dug into her campaign finance records and realized that there was a litany of things that um, that did not uh, qualify for campaign finance. Uh, and those were the two complaints that I filed that culminated in the year-long investigation that just came out on the 6th of June of this year that said that she spent money to travel to at least five different places uh, that had nothing to do with her campaign. And those are violations of law and she was forced to pay those back. Uh, she also spent money on uh, legal fees to correct something in her income taxes or personal income taxes had nothing to do with her campaign. Uh, uh, I think violating two different Minnesota laws, she was forced to pay that back. Uh, and that's uh, kind of uh, been the bulk of my uh, kind of hands-on involvement in it, um, other than, uh, you know, some of my, the you know, I did a press conference yesterday and been doing some news recently 
um, about some of the things uh, around that. And uh, I want I want to ta- I want to take marriage history. I want to take you back to January first, twenty eighteen. Are all legislators required to file an economic interest report? Everyone is, and in other offices other than legislators are too. Even the local soil and water district board members are required to file it. I believe all the constitutional officers in the state are, and probably some others. And, um, and what is it? What is in that document? What are you to reveal? You know, you're to reveal uh, property you own in the state other than your house, whether you have paramutual racing interests, uh, uh, general information about uh, investments that you own, um, those types of things. Um, I don't I don't have the full list, but it doesn't take long to complete it. It takes it takes me five minutes each year to complete. You go online and do it. And by the way, uh, I remember actually myself in January of 2018, I got a call from the campaign finance board because for the first time ever, um, I was approaching the deadline and the guy said, you know what, um, this is due tomorrow and where's your report? Uh, and so, you know, they don't just sit there. They call you, they send you letters, and then lastly, they send you a certified letter that says you don't have your stuff in. Um, and they email you as well, I, I forgot to mention. So, um, it's not as though Representative Omar was unaware of this. She basically refused to file it. Well, that was uh, my question. Was, Why did she get away with that? Do you think you could wait five months? Well, I would get an eleven hundred dollar fine, like she did, and that's what she, that was the extent of the wow. the consequences that the law calls for. Um, but what it did do is allowed her to cover it up for long enough that her delegates were not aware of the things, uh, the people running against her for U.S. Congress and the Democratic side didn't have a chance to have that information to use it, and the Minnesota House Ethics Committee uh, didn't have an opportunity to meet to uh, completely hold her accountable for those actions. Pretty big oversight, that's, isn't it? That's fascinating, because I would imagine when you get this request for your uh, financial interest document, it, it is there a deadline involved or or do you if you want to avoid it if you want to ignore it you're just prepared to pay a fine yeah i believe it's the 31st of january it's it's a, it's a given date in january and you receive a notice with an email and uh, they help you uh, access your account and and update it and so forth so yeah are you are you getting grief because of your insistence that you would like this woman more thoroughly uh, examined? Are you getting some pushback from people who say, you know, drop it, uh, move on? Uh, Are you experiencing any kind of behavior like that? I'm getting a lot of feedback, uh, Joe, probably 85 or 90 percent of it is positive that uh, that wants some accountability to happen here. Um, The other 10 percent are um, very much... uh, um, you know, political, uh, you know, people are politically aligned completely opposite of me. Right. Well, um, she, she checks off so many boxes, you know, uh, uh, Muslim, female, uh, immigrant. Uh, she manages to turn these accusations around and say that she's merely being targeted as a result of conspiracy theories. You, ha- you seem to me you've got the facts. <laughs> there's, well, that just that set is there, but, um, there's a lot more facts too. Um, her, she, her marriage, Joe, um, to um, a person who many say is her brother, and I believe that to be true from all the information that I have seen, um, is a sham marriage. Um, 
She was married and living together with that guy from 2009 to 2011, while both of them went to college at North Dakota State University. Um, her marriage, and then he left the country in 2012, I believe. Um, but uh, uh, that marriage uh, stayed intact, uh, was on the books through 2017. Uh, but overlapping that entire time and the time before it and the time up till today was her direct relationship with another guy who was functionally or uh, practically her husband and also her uh, father of her two kids. So that's where most of the controversy really arises out of is that. And, and a lot of these things, uh, the one I talked about earlier, uh, maybe not directly as much, but uh, that uh, out of the, uh, the report from earlier this month, we learned that she uh, filed taxes with the guy that she's lived, been living with since two, in, in the, the father of her three kids between 2002 until today, or again, her functional husband. But on paper, legally, she was married to the other guy because uh, the, the marriage file was still in the, in the drawer in the file. And representative. And so she, she ended up covering that, uh, trying to cover that up because the campaign finance board said, well, you, uh, you filed joint tax returns with, uh, with, this, with this guy you're not married to. And uh, so that's what brought it up most recently. But that and she even had to commit perjury on her uh, final divorce to the guy that she really didn't want to be married to and was married to for some other reason uh, that many of us can speculate why it was, whether it was immigration purposes or uh, federal financial aid fraud or what. Um, uh, but um, she had to commit fraud on that application because it was an expedited application for divorce. Um, and she wanted it done in an expedited way, claiming that she never saw this guy since 2011. Um, and uh, in many, many instances of uh, including legal documents, an eviction notice that was filed with the courts, etc., that showed that he was here in 2012 uh, that she had contact with him on social media and many times uh, even uh, that guy uh, uh, who many believe is her brother is on social media with a picture of her daughter uh, Ilwed, uh, Ilwad I think it is on the day she was born saying niece mm -hmm. and uh so um, um, she again covering up these she has to cover up the fact that this sham marriage exists the question that is out there is why did she do the sham marriage to begin with? And no one's got answers for this, but there's mountains of information to show she was married to this guy um, from 2009 to 2017 and didn't really have anything to do with him um, other than uh, go to school together with him. And that's that and other reasons are, are reasons many believe that that's her brother. This is important for two reasons. One, whether it violated immigration laws, and two, that we know most certainly it did violate uh, IRS laws. Uh, many people will be jumping on me now for for involving myself in her marriage, and what business is that of anybody? Well, it's the business of a U.S. congresswoman to be forthright about these things and pay your taxes correctly. Absolutely. Who uh, who doesn't know who they're you know legally married to when they fill out their taxes? I mean, that's uh, you don't just make a mistake about that. Were the three of them actually living together in uh, Fargo? They, as far the the address records show us that they lived to, together on the day that her and the guy that many think is her brother were married in 2009. All three of them were living in the same household in Columbia Heights. 
and then they subsequently moved uh, in late 2009 to uh, to North Dakota, and all three lived together there. And they moved within North Dakota to yet a second address later on in their college time, and all three lived together then. And then shortly, 2012, the, the guy was evicted from an apartment in Minneapolis, which was about 10 blocks where, from where she lived at that point. I think what um, I've then, learned what I've learned from you today, Steve, that's most interesting is that by withholding that financial interest document, she withheld information that aided and abetted her election to Congress. Absolutely. And it's not and, unreasonable and, to speculate that that's why she withheld it. Not at all. Um, accountability for it. She knew it was a, it was a liability and and uh, did want to be held accountable and wanted to make certain she could skate into Congress, which at that point it looked like she was going to, and she did. Did it raise other eyebrows around the state house besides yours that hey, what's with this newcomer here? She won't release her financial statement. Did anybody did anybody ever bring that up besides you? Well, I brought it forward. Um, I, I mean, the people I shared it with uh, independently, one on one, very much, very concerned about it. Uh, but. As you probably know, um, in elected office, um, uh, courage is uh, at a premium because it, there's not much of it around. Mm-hmm. And so you've got uh, you've got uh, the PC culture. Um, you've got. I mean, I've had Representative Omar call me a bigot, an Islamophobe, uh, racist. Uh, I mean, over and over again, right. it's, it's dismissed as that. Um, and so you have to have the will to to stand in there and take that. And not a lot of people do. No. Well, you're to be commended. I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I don't think you're going to get any help from Angie Craig, unfortunately. She's going to do what's the, what is the uh, politically correct thing to do. That's been her, uh, her first reaction for sure. But, um, you know, it, uh, it would, it seems like, a if you look at it very objectively, it seems like the very right thing to do for, for, for Congresswoman Craig. Steve, if, if this information does get out to the voting public, how much of an impact do you think it will have, if any? Well, I, I mean, some of it's getting out now. Uh, you know, I did a show with, with Fox News the other night, and, uh, and there's probably more national type of media to come forward. The Minnesota media, uh, outside of you guys and a few others, um, uh, is very, very liberal and very, very attached to the PC culture. So they're They've been very reluctant, and when they have shared some of this stuff, it's only been superficially with qualifiers um, after they've been shamed uh, by the fact that the national media beat them to it mm-hmm. uh, after three after the information's been around much of it for two or three years. So um, that's really what we have going on. We've got a media in this state that doesn't want to go in there, and uh, it's going to take. Uh, more the national media to help and the, and the local media to step up the play, which I think they're starting to do a little bit now. So I, I have hope. Steve, I appreciate your time. Good luck. Uh, we'll chat again. I'm reasonably certain we'll chat again. Thanks, Joe. Have a great week. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Boy, that was interesting. <sighs> wow. Because what we got were facts from a guy who sat next to her in the state house. I think it's most interesting that she nefariously withheld these financial documents that mm-hmm. showed her breaking the campaign finance laws uh, till after she was till after the election. How do how do not more people see this? Because 
Well, the Star Tribune has covered it, but they've covered it, like he said, begrudgingly and with qualifiers. Because we're living in the age of political identity, and she's she's off the hook for the right. expectations of everyone else because she's a female Muslim immigrant. A number of firsts. Mm-hmm. Paving the way for... Right. But, and, and so you point out to her, well, look, lady, you're breaking the law. Her response is, you're a racist and a bigot. Why are you picking on you're me? A t- you're a picking on me because I'm a black Somali Muslim woman. If any no, other, we're not, lady. No, we're not. If any other representative or senator or politician had been accused of what she is with her maybe brother and her maybe husband... They'd come forward and they'd discuss it and they'd try to prove those allegations false. Well, I was going to ask Steve, but it was the well, obvious. The, why doesn't the, she defend herself, The, the answer was too obvious. I was going to ask Steve, what if you had three campaign finance violations? Sure. What if you, what if you uh, f- uh, failed to pay your income tax correctly and you were using a, a sham uh, deal where you were married to your sister uh, to gain some tax consequences or benefits uh, when you were really married to your wife? Uh, he would have been fired uh, two years ago. Right. right. Yeah, he'd just be gone. But right. I'm sure or he'd be defending himself and proving those allegations right. false. Right. Well, just, I, yeah. I, I'm sure that we will see this thoroughly discussed on the two-night special of the uh, Democratic oh, presidential sure campaign. Right, top yeah. of the it, This makes me want, list. you know what this makes, this stuff like this makes you just want to disappear and go boating. Where can we go? Rapid Marine. What are we going to get? In business since 1970, owned by the same family since 1978. Four locations, Ham Lake, Shakopee, open during construction right off Highway 169, Rogers off the interstate, and St. Cloud, Sauk Rapids off Highway 23 East. Full service department for your boat or pontoon, and what a great product line at Rapid Marine. Glastron, which I've always felt of all the glass runabouts since they came into business, I always have felt that they have been the most fashionable. Wouldn't That's, you agree, Kenny? Oh, with, without a doubt. Their, their, their lines are uh, they're just beautiful. Glastron is the prettiest uh, of the boats in that class. I've been in Glastron since before the movie Live and Let Die, yep, where yep. they were featured yep. so prominently. Glastron, Mercury, Ranger, Lund, pontoon boats, fishing boats, speed boats, and something called a crossover. You ever heard about yeah. the crossover? What's the crossover? You can do everything in it. It's good oh. for the whole family. It's good for fishing, skiing, tubing. Uh, it's just, yeah. Hey, mention GL or, or, or my name. You'll get $250 off your boat Woo! purchase. And right now, world's largest Lund dealer, over 250 Lund boats and pontoons in stock with a $1,000 factory rebate on Lund's crossovers. Just like the name implies, the crossover is the perfect recreational boat for the family. Fishing, tubing, cruising, and lounging. Something for everyone to get the family on the water this summer at Rapid Marine. Four locations, Ham Lake, Shakopee, St. Cloud, and Rogers. We'll be back. The end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Kenny, before the show, you were uh, lamenting the nation's federal debt uh, and and noting that by the end of the year it will reach the highest level since shortly after World War II. It is on a pace to reach historic and unsustainable levels within 30 years, according to a government report. The federal debt already equals 78% of the nation's gross domestic product. It is on track to reach 92% 92% by the end of the next decade 
and 144% by 2049, according to calculations compiled by the Congressional Budget Office. And nothing is being uh, done to stop it, to slow it down, or to pay it back. Will that be brought up tonight by this first round of socialists? (laughs) No, it's climate. First first and foremost, climate. Well, I can solve the money problem. Oh, what do you got? I saw this You're not supposed to do math. NASA is eyeing a nearby asteroid that contains enough gold to make everyone on Earth a billionaire. Won't that bring the price of gold down, though? Psyche 16 is nestled between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter and is made of solid metal. As well as gold, the mysterious object is loaded with heaps of platinum, iron, and nickel. In total, it is estimated that Psyche's various metals are worth uh, 8,000 quadrillion. Wow. That means if we got it back to Earth, it would destroy commodity prices and cause the world's economy to collapse. Right. We've known about Psyche 16 for a while, but its potential to cause havoc on Earth was recently touched upon by a veteran sky miner. Scott Moore, who heads up Eurosun Mining, said the sheer amount of gold in the asteroid threatens to throw the gold industry into chaos. The titans of gold now control hundreds of the best-producing properties around the world, he told Oil Price. But four to five million ounces of gold that it brings to the market every year pales in comparison to the conquests available in space. NASA is launching a mission to probe the asteroid in summer of 2022, dubbed the Recovery Discovery Mission. It will arrive at Psyche 16 around 2026. But bringing back an asteroid of this value could completely wipe out our global economy. So your theory on just all we need to do is just get a big hook, get a big and hook. just tow it Drag right in there, around. yeah, like the big well, uh, like a disabled saw. like a disabled boat. Or exactly. Just space, hook it hey, pull me to shore. Yep. The space agency is taking the trip for scientific purposes and is not planning on conducting any mining. Forget Mars. Arizona State University researchers say that Psyche 16 was found in 1852 by Italian astronomer Annabel di Gasperes, who was named after the ancient Greek goddess of the soul. (laughs) What gives asteroid Psyche great scientific interest is, is that it is made of metal. It appears to be composed of one of the building blocks of the sun's planetary system and could provide clues to how our planet formed. The asteroid is most likely a survivor of violent hit-and-run collisions common when the solar system was forming. Every world explored so far by humans, except gas giant planets such as Jupiter or Saturn, has a surface of ice or rock or a mixture of the two. Because we cannot see or measure the Earth's core directly, Psyche offers a unique window into the violent history of collisions and accretion that create the terrestrial planets. Uh, what was the name of the guy that found him, and in what year? Yeah, it was uh, Annabelle de Gasparis. A planetary peeping Tom is mm-hmm. what he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and there are, there are outfits in business that go mining, apparently. Two space mining companies, backed by big-name celebrities, are gearing up for a gold rush after asteroid ownership was made legal in 2015. Virgin? Hmm. Deep Space Industries and Planetary Resources each have their eyes on the 2011 UW158 asteroid, which is twice the size of the Tower of London and worth up to $4.5 trillion. Is that the same kind of deal where you'd hear the ads, you can name a star after someone? Yeah. Jordy notes, though, <laughs> you know what? It still wouldn't be enough to keep up with our government and title spending. God, no. He's right. Yeah. Isn't that something? Wow. 
What? How could the, if you could give a billion to everybody on Earth, if you towed this thing into the dock and started chopping it up? Let's go. Well, here's your honk, Sushere. Yeah. It'd be like owning thistle. It'd make it white, like it said, it'd wipe out the economy. I think it'd make us all billionaires. <laughs> I'd be all for it. Gold's at uh, one thousand four hundred fourteen point two per ounce. I own no gold. I think silver is even higher. But what? What would? Okay, so let's just. In theory, if uh, if deep space, whoever those people can get over there, here we go. What do they? What do they Hold do? Hold on, folks. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> you know what? No, I mean robotic. I know, I know. What do I, they do? I, 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 How much could they? They can't filter it through there. They can't pan. Plus, they'd have to wear a mining helmet. Yeah, they got you the know. guys like the old Forty ers right? The pitchfork. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, there's a lot going out there, uh, Matt. There's a lot, a lot going, going on out, out there. Out yeah. there. Deep yeah. space going exploration, on. huh? Yeah. That's not even deep space, right. is it? Hey, you charitable GLers, do you want to have the great event? You ain't gonna get a you ain't gonna get a hunk of this uh, psyche sixteen, right? right? You're not gonna get a hunk of gold to bring to your auction. So there you are. You're gonna set up your little flimsy baskets with wine and a paper napkin and a, a <laughs> butterfly net. Let me tell you something. Get a hold of big time sports auctions if you want the real deal to raise money for your charity. I don't care what it is. Your nonprofits, Rotary clubs, golf tournaments, booster clubs, churches, schools, whatever you are attempting to raise money for, big time sports auctions puts together a customized package for the silent auction we're talking fabulous sports and entertainment photography for example they come in they keep a portion of the proceeds your organization keeps the rest and they do everything you don't need to lift a finger they'll put together the package for your group whatever you want vikings twins wild whatever makes sense they bring it to your event they set it up they provide the bid sheets they pick up unsold items after the event you don't do a thing except take credit for a great event and they work with all kinds of groups let your imagination run wild they can help you with your next event go to btsauctions.com that's btsauctions with an s dot com crazy hot matrix alert uh-oh who do you got uh jordy uh noted uh, from the Asheville Citizen Times, Miss Hooters, Tennessee finalist arrested, accused of trashing boyfriend's house after breakup. Madison Rogers, Miss Hooters, Tennessee contestant, faces burglary and vandalism charges after police said she destroyed a part of her ex-boyfriend's house. And uh, Jordy notes, crazy hot Matrix material. Ooh. She is definitely hot, but she must be, in, you know, definitely crazy. Two oh. hours, and then she goes and trashes his house? Mm-hmm. I wonder why he broke up with her. Madison Rogers was arrested for allegedly trashing her boyfriend's house after they broke up. And she uh, she was in the running for Miss Hooters. She's 21. Mm. Uh, she destroyed the uh, house, allegedly, on the same day they broke up. Ooh. So where does that put you in the Matrix? Oh, you're in the... you're Well, it's past That's, the no-go zone. Or is the danger zone past the no-go zone, or is the no-go zone past the danger zone? No, danger, danger precedes no go. You're right. Okay, you're, you're right. taking your chances at danger. All I know no is no go. A, you're forewarned. I'm keeping my windows rolled up and my seatbelt on, and uh, the car in drive. She pounded on his front getaway. door. <laughs> she pounded on his front door before kicking it open and attacking him. Yeah. The boyfriend uh-huh. said that he then picked her up and carried her outside. Yeah. Once outside, Rogers asked him if he liked the upstairs before fleeing. He then discovered that his bedroom, bathroom, and closet was destroyed. Rogers was booked on charges of vandalism and felony aggravated burglary. She was later released on $5,000 bond. There's a picture of her here, and uh, she's a Madison, all right. 
Yeah. And below the crazy line, this means these are most of the time not crazy. Okay. Above the danger zone, above the uh, above the crazy line, we have the danger zone. This is your redheads, your strippers, anyone named Tiffany. Um, this is hairdressers. This is where this is where your car gets keyed. You get a bunny in the pot. Uh, your tires get slashed, and you wind up in jail. As you know. So where is Madison? Uh, that's the danger zone. Where's no go zone? Oh, the no go zone is is below five hot. But really crazy. Okay. So, very so danger zone is she's hotter than a five. Well, she is. But she, she is. But so she's danger zone. But she's danger zone. Right. Yeah. What she in her name's? Uh, she's named after a city <laughs> in Wisconsin. Your car gets keyed. <laughs> Bunny in the pot. Right. That's your strippers and anyone named Tiffany. Hairdressers. <laughs> and you end up in jail. Yeah, right. you end up in jail. Hey, uh, before you change subjects, uh, subjects, can I correct something so we don't get emails? And yeah. Corrections, yeah. and you're wrong, and I'm right. Yeah. Elon Omar can't be on the president. Silver ticket. only selling for fifteen dollars thirty cents per ounce. Is that low? Well, we didn't bring up silver. I did. I said I thought silver was trading even higher than gold, and I am reading this graph completely wrong. Mm-hmm. So, you would know that. How yeah. do we tell? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> silver. Uh, well, I got to tell you about also good... the name of a horse. <laughs> I've lost one of my, uh, uh, I can't say rock hero, I'm too old to have rock heroes. Uh, I, I have lost my appreciation for a rock star who I uh, th- thought admirably of. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Oh, my. Ooh, we got something here. Let me, I, I've got to find this. It's summertime, GLers. Time to hit the lake on your brand new BRP Sea-Doo personal watercraft. Towsley Motorsports would like to introduce the new Sea-Doo Fish Pro for 2019. So cool. The world's first watercraft built for fishing. The first personal watercraft with a trolling mode, a revolutionary stabilized hull, lots of storage, seating for up to three people, and so much more. Along with the Sea-Doo Fish Pro, Towsley Motorsports has watercraft for all kinds of lake goers. From the Sea-Doo Spark Tricks to the ever-popular GTI 90. BRP Sea-Doo Watercraft, perfect for everything from a short rip around the lake to a full day of family fun. Towsley Motorsports is conveniently located in White Bear Lake on the corner of County E and Highway 61. Towsley Motorsports, selling fun since 71. Hey, y'all. Here's Kenny. This guy wears many hats. From the Crampy Coffee Shop. (laughs) What a slob. He's in here eating ham. I actually do have news from the Crabby Coffee Shop, Joe, and it's very good news. Uh, despite, uh, it, actually, it's the wet spring that's causing this. Corn prices mm-hmm. are approaching five dollars a bushel. That's really, really good, and that'll help a lot of farmers out this year. What's that got to do with the Krabby Coffee Shop? Uh, it's a farm deal. Oh, hold on, we carve off another oh corner of this. Hand. I'm gonna puke. I can't look over <laughs> is there. It, is, uh, at <laughs> least tell away. me it's Grunhoffers. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. A little double smoke. Nice. nice Al, uh, Al uh, Garlow uh, alerts me. Uh, good morning. We can stop worrying about climate change. David Gilmore has come to the rescue. David Gilmore is the guitarist and singer for Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Always liked him. Yeah. I've seen fan. documentaries about him. I like his. I like his work away from the group. Uh, I like everything about him. Uh, 
It turns out uh, the auction of David Gilmore's guitar collection netted more than $21 million. Wow. Which the legendary Pink Floyd guitarist is donating to the efforts to battle climate change. This is according to Auction House Christie's. Uh, kids with cancer would be a better. I Hungry so. kids. The auction house said the eight-hour auction Thursday drew bidders from more than 66 countries. The collection of more than 120 guitars earned $21,490,750. A Fender Black Stratocaster set a worldwide auction record for a guitar earning $3.97 million, blowing past its $150,000 estimate. Gilmore used the so-called Black Strat on Pink Floyd albums, The Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, Animals, and The Wall. What year is it, does it say? What year is what? The Strat. Well, he used it, uh, well, Dark Side of the Moon was 1973. Yeah, but I, was it a 57 we Strat? We don't know that. Or a 59? Reporting isn't what it used to be. Okay. It became my main guitar, the one I used pretty much in everything, unless there was a reason to want a different sound, Gilmore said. Gilmore said he was blown away by the results of the auction. He's donating all the proceeds from the sales to Client Earth, a charity that funds legal battles fighting climate change. Wow. This is truly a humbling and extraordinary gift, which goes beyond our wildest expectations, Client Earth CEO James Thornton said. It's difficult to express just how deeply grateful we are to David for choosing uh, Client Earth as the beneficiary of this historic auction. The gift is a phenomenal boost to our work and will allow us to play an even greater role in addressing the climate crisis and securing a healthy planet for future generations. There is no climate crisis. He's been duped. He just made those people millionaires. (laughs) He's just... No, they're all buying new cars. Oh, God. And flying and doing... He's been completely duped. Like Rookie said, you know, kids. Legal battles to fight climate change. Anything. It's just... Well... It borders on insanity. Oh, it's full-blown hey. insanity. Time for my quote. Oh, away The Kardashian goes. quote? Oh. Is this, are we done? Well, this oh. is it. Oh, this is it? Well, it's been a heck of a run. If he's going to leave the room, I'm going to go back to my hand. No, put that away. Put that behind that thing. I can't. <laughs> it's now the size of a softball. It I know. started out as the size of a football. It starts, Um, it's like you're one of those machine our chainsaw guys cutting the the tree. I'm just cutting and cutting the edges off, shaving it and, off. And I yeah. think this giant knife I'm using still has some muskrat blood. It looks on like it. a. That is, is that the so red stuff? It looks like a, a ham loaf. And end that's, that. I said I'd read this oh, every once in a while. Eat, you'll Joe, eat more. Joe's back. I said I'd end. The, I'd read this once in a while. This is a quote from Garth Partridge, who I believe I'm reasonably certain knows more about the climate than David Gilmore and all of the rest of us combined. He is a phys, uh, physicist. And uh, I'm going to read his quote if I can find it. Uh, I'll find so it. So he's a, he's a, a climatologist? He, he just knows about the climate. He's a climatologist. He's a scientist and a ham eater. Yeah. No. He's an emeritus professor at the University of Tasmania and a fellow of the Australian Academy of Science. He's the author of The Climate Caper, Facts and Fallacies of Global Warming, He was a chief research scientist with the CSIRO Division of Atmospheric Research. The answer probably gets back to the uncertainty of it all. The chances of proving that climate change over the next century will be large enough to be disastrous are virtually nil. For the same reason, the chances of a climate skeptic or anyone else for that matter proving the disaster theory to be oversold are also virtually nil. To that extent, there is a level playing field for the two sides of the argument. The problem is that climate research necessarily involves enormous resources and is a game for institutions and organizations. 
Skepticism is an occupation for individuals. Things being as they are in the climate change arena, skepticism by an individual within the system can be fairly career-limiting. In any event, most individual scientists have a conscience and are reluctant to put their heads above the public parapet in order to propound a view of things that may inherently be unprovable. In short, there is more than enough uncertainty about the forecasting of climate to allow normal human beings to be at least reasonably hopeful that global warming might not be nearly as bad as currently touted. Climate scientists, and indeed scientists in general, are not so lucky. They have a lot to lose if time proves them wrong. That's among his favorite quotes. Now I'm going to read you my favorite one from him. Garth Paltridge. Partridge. Paltridge. The bottom line of politically correct thought on the matter, the thought that we must collectively do something drastic now to prevent climate change in the future, is so full of holes that it brings the overall sanity of mankind into question, including a fool who just gave $21 million from his guitar collection to a climate legal group, is so full of holes that it brings the overall sanity of mankind into question. For what it is worth... One possible theory is that mankind, or at least that fraction of it that has become both overeducated and more delicate as a result of a massive increase of its wealth in recent times, has managed to remove the beliefs of existing religions from its consideration, and now it misses them. As a replacement, it has manufactured a set of beliefs about climate change that can be used to guide and ultimately control human behavior. The beliefs are similar to those of the established religions in that they are more or less unproven in any strict scientific sense. It is a mass delusion and borders on insanity. And that's from an astrophysicist who's highly regarded and highly educated. Uh, and the mayor of Garage Logic is a huge fan of his. And he's uh, being roundly ignored. And once again, Rook, the University of Tasmania mascot is... The devil! I Thank would you. imagine it can be. So we can stop worrying. David David Gilmore has come to the rescue. Holy mackerel. I got an email, Kenny, about both sides of the dock. Oh. Dear Mayor, I can't say I spend uh, a lot of time as I would have liked swimming around docks, but the reason for only one side of the dock being weed-free is the other side usually contained the lift for the boat or other watercraft, so no swimming was desirable on that side, so why waste the time cleaning out the weeds on that side? Mm, now, sure. of course... With this aquaside, it would take little to no physical labor to clear up the other side of the dock, so why not? Talking about aquaside pellets that you spread out there and it eats up your weeds. Yes, you got nothing to worry about. Kids are frolicking, splashing around in clear water. For more than 60 years, Aquaside has been keeping lake shores clean of weeds and algae. They have a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of everything. Uh, they're easy to use. The products work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR. Lake Detective has signed off. The products are safe for you, your family, the water, the fish, so you don't have to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Get both sides of the dock. Call Aquaside today. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. You can call them at 1-800-328-328. 9350 that's 1-800-328-9350 or go to aquaside.com they'll uh they'll ship free you don't need a permit you're uh, you're on your way to uh, the best swimming beach you've ever had at your place up north or in town or wherever the hell you got it <laughs> you just get aquaside because that's the that's the answer no weeds that's the answer weed you free you that's set it and you forget it yeah. yep set it there boom both sides of the dock check mark did you guys hear about the guy in russia 
who was kept in a bear's den. Oh! And no. the bear was keeping the guy for a future meal. Oh, boy. And the pictures of the guy, he looks like a mummy. Oh, boy. This is from the Siberian Times. I didn't know there was a newspaper called the Siberian Times. So the bear was going to, at some point in the future, bring out the gimp. Right. This, was, right. this was dinner. This you was see gonna, a, he's probably you waiting see, for a party or something. Do you see a thin staff <laughs> yeah. at the Siberian Times? The way mom used yeah, to probably. stock up before, before Easter. <laughs> <laughs> the emaciated man from Russia's remote republic of Tuva was preserved as tin can food to eat later by a brown bear say local reports in the region. A group of local hunters found Alexander after their dogs refused to leave the area of the den. Their, persist, their persistent barking pushed the hunters to check inside the lair where they found a barely alive man. He was rushed to the local hospital and has been diagnosed with a broken spine and severe emaciation. emaciation. Alexander remembers his first name but not his age and was reportedly in the den for about a month, drinking urine to survive. Oh, you didn't have to put that He is now in in the intensive care unit with multiple injuries and rotting skin. He can move his arms, the local hospital said. I thought that was a rough car ride. Look at the guy. Look at the guy. Wait a minute. What what are you doing showing me that? It's a bear update. And you're offended by me carving off a corner of ham? Look at him. Who's urine? I'm not done with the story. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. I bet that was a smelly car ride to the local hospital in Siberia. A video shows Alexander covering his blue eyes and confirming his first name. It is yet unclear if he was a hunter, too, and how his encounter with the bear happened. He managed to explain that he was attacked and dragged inside the den when he broke his spine. The attack happened approximately a month ago, he said. The bear preserved me as food for later, he said. Hmm. A video filmed inside the local hospital shows that the man turned into a speaking mummy with his tissues rotting after lying motionless for so long. Local medics say they cannot explain how the man survived such industry, in, in, injuries. The story on the bear man was reported by major Russian newspaper Ivestia and news agency EA Daily, but a spokesman at the health ministry in Tiva Republic said, we cannot confirm the case happened in Tuva. It was not registered by the Ministry of Health the emergencies ministry, or any other official body in the region. Most probably it happened somewhere outside Tuva. Uh, Speech on the background in the video appears not to be the local language Tuvan. There's a picture of the guy here, and... uh, It's gnarly. Pretty bad. He might have been better off. Gary, you got to open a window. uh, You know. Is he going to survive? Apparently. You're talking rotting flesh. Yeah. I think uh, the giveaway in the story, though, was when uh, the bear was quoted saying, you're not here for the camp. Right, yeah, he just walked up, and I thought, how about this? Here's a, there, then there, I was reading some of the comments. You know, Here's one that says, I was once held paralyzed in a cave where I was tormented by fruit bats for several days. I kept thinking they would turn, uh, turn to me should they ever run out of sweet, sweet persimmons, which grew natively in the area. When I was found by a trio of hikers, I remember the only words to the Star-Spangled Banner, which I was mumbling. I, I don't know what this is. Was that supposed to be funny? I don't know. For three days, Jonah sat in the belly of a fish. Then God made the big fish throw up Jonah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a dreadful bear yeah, update story. I mean, that is uh, just, but if you, you really want to see some pictures, you want to see some pictures of no. a guy who was in a bear den for no. a month. No. These are these are right up your alley. No, that's. No. He, uh, I'm glad he's getting work done. I don't want to meet the guy that does want to see. 
photos of a guy trapped in a bear uh, den for a you month. Know, you know. I'm looking at photos of Lizzo right now. That's all I want to look at. <laughs> Lizzo at 51 checked out. Now, I, I know who she is. That was Dog the Bounty Hunter's gal? No. No, no dummy. Lizzo's a, a performer. Is it a singer? Singer. Yeah. Big gal, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Blame it on my roots. What was that? What was her song? She a uh, big girl. Yes. She is fantastic. She's from here. I know. I didn't know that. She yeah, is? I know. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she wants to meet the traffic daddy. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of Beth Chapman as the... Uh, she has passed. Yes. They put her in a uh, drug-induced coma a few days ago. Um, she passed from uh, cancer. Oh, that's, that's too, bad. too bad. 51 years old, like you said. Yeah. <clears throat> you guys, I got a great heart-lifting email. Joe, I saw some of your green bags the other day that you keep in your scooter, and I just wanted to let you know that they do get recycled. All the bags from Byerly's Lund, Cubs, Kowalski, County Market Festival, all go through here. UNFI, formerly known as Super Value, he sent me a picture of the recycling center. I can assure you that they don't feed the whales with them. They make furniture with the plastic. Longtime listener, Mike. And I was seriously thrilled to get this because today I took another load down to the store this morning on my scooter. Okay. And I was saying, you know, i got to find a store manager or somebody to ask him, is this, is this real? But this guy says, yeah, it gets taken to a place and they make furniture out of it. So I'm going to keep doing it. Okay. Well, I mean, Ain't no good, whale dying on my watch. In good conscience, I think you should do it. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. It, it, Such is it bad if those things accidentally find them their way into the burning barrel? Yes, it's terrible. Okay, I'll it's keep terrible. that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally. <laughs> I got a neighbor. Accidentally. <laughs> I've got a neighbor that might be burning. For might need a talking to. <laughs> He's burning tires and plastic and all sorts of stuff. Shingles. <laughs> you guys keep mocking my shoveling league. I say, yeah, I say that's, that's the high school should right, have shoveling league. I listened to that on Friday. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, Mr. Well, Joe. Well, they got now, uh, Kenny, they've got competitive high school fishing. Right. And I just learned today... Sense. Uh, by uh, uh, steered to it by uh, uh, Terry, an emailer, uh, that in Texas, barbecuing is a high school sport. Cool! Well, that makes sense, too. Competitive barbecuing is See, a high school sport. You're relying on Mother Nature. Yeah. Normally, most contests have a season. What if it only snows once? That's too bad. Then it snows once. Then they so go the to whole, Buck Hill. So the whole championship. Be one round. You know what's going to happen? The same thing that happened to snowmobile racing. What do they do when there's no snow for a snowmobile race? They race on the ice. No, they haul in the snowmaking machine. So you're going to have these high schools, i.e. taxpayers, buying snowmaking machines mm. for your stupid little fantasy contest. Thanks to its fast growth and deliciousness, <laughs> shut them up. <laughs> barbecue could be on its way to becoming a sanctioned cat activity by the University Interscholastic League, the governing body overseeing public school sports in Texas. The Texas High School Barbecue Championships recently concluded in Burnett, located northwest of Austin in the Texas Hill Country. It awarded championships in brisket, ribs, beans, dessert, and welding. This is brilliant. Welding? What's the hell is welding? I, you know what? I bet it is, Joe. Huh. Uh, the, the the smokers and whatnot that are created. I, I bet that that's part of it. Build, mm-hmm. Building the smoker? Cool. The Fort Worth Star-Telegram followed the upstart schools. Frontier High in Mansfield at the Texas High School Barbecue Championships. One of the disadvantages is that the city school teams are practicing in ovens and stoves and then have to compete on smokers and wood, like a Texas football team running plays with Frisbees before 
being handed a ball for the state title game. Hmm. Uh, but that team that practiced in the city uh, finished fourth in brisket, ninth in ribs, 14th for beans, and 19th for, 19th for dessert out of 67 total uh, teams in the statewide competition. Wow. That is cool. Have there's, you, there's there's some this, heavy linking to be done here. This is Texas only. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe other states do it, but this is a story from Forbes. What's the link? Well, is this the outgrowth of everyone gets a trophy? Mm-hmm. Are we going to continue? No, I think it's pride. Are we going to continue, though, to manufacture new competitions so that oh. no one is left oh. untouched. You're way overthinking it, this. That's, but that's my job. <laughs> but wait a minute. Are we? Are we? I mean, cup stacking is an example. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. sure that's a, right. a has a state tournament, but right. there. Are, but my my point being, and I'm not necessarily. I think competitive high school fishing in Minnesota makes a lot of sense, and I think competitive barbecuing in Texas makes a lot of sense, oh. and I'm not opposed to it. Oh. I'm merely wondering. Where this trend is headed? Are we going to come up with you know uh, competitive two sh- uh, shoe tying? Or but aren't you talking tying? out of both sides of your mouth with the shoveling team? No, I'm not. Not at all. No, I think he is. Chris. No, I'm yeah. infallible. <laughs> I think he is. Chris. <laughs> Have you guys ever attended a smoking competition? Well, of course not. not well, not, not that not, kind. Not meat. No, yeah. I went to one. A buddy of mine entered. There was probably a hundred and some guys from all over the Midwest. They came to the Steel County Fairgrounds down Wait, in Wisconsin. Your buddy, you mean Perky, don't you? No, but Perk's been in one before. Okay. Uh, my buddy Pete that I went to college with, he's done this now. It's a side business of his, and there's competitions. You literally pay ten bucks and you get to roam. Hey, try this guy's brisket, and then you fill out a little judging card. It's really cool. Let me. Can I get back to the point I was trying to make? Oh, your yeah, story was incredibly yeah. meaningless. Almost yeah, but a tumble. You, your your thinking is so berserk. No, 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 berserk. no. I'm a benevolent mayor. No, my only point being, <laughs> are we seeing the growth of these new competitions as a as a means to accommodate uh, kids who will never play any of the conventional sports? There, that's a way to say it. But there are st- that's why I invented the snow shoveling league because hmm. I thought it would accommodate kids uh, who so aren't going to play for the basketball team. You know. So then, by that thinking, you're going to bar the football players and the basketball players and the wrestlers and everybody else from being on your cute little shovel league. Yeah, if you and you're just going to have playing, the weak if, and the frail and yeah, the bent over. If you're and, playing on a letter sport, if you're playing a letter sport in high school, you can't join the shovel league. No, either, no, either, no, no. If no, you're playing no. another winter sport, all right. Wyoming. Uh, if you play hockey or basketball, you're not on the shoveling team. St. Louis, Wyoming. What? What? Have great uh, smoking competitions. <laughs> <laughs> but these are, this is high school kids. These are high school kids. The one I love in this state is, oh, never mind. is the Minnesota State what? High School Clay Target League, yeah. which is a huge, it's very popular now. huge great. deal. Great. Yeah. My great. nephew's doing trap shooting. But that's, that's yeah. still sport. That's for, so that's legitimate. That's still sport. Right. Fishing unlike, is still sport. Unlike shoveling snow, which is just a is that sport burden. Tom Super writes, "Hail the flashlight king!" Hail, Hail you. you. My wife and I are parents of four kids, age twenty-eight down to eighteen. I'm very proud of them, but I am worried for them and what they've been exposed to in the public schools. Here are two nominations for Rays of Hope. We live in the northern suburbs, and for the last semester of high school, our youngest took a high school class entitled "U.S. Government and Politics." 
He recalled repeatedly that the teacher was left-leaning and that when he voiced any countering viewpoints, he was stifled. By the way, the teacher had left-leaning propaganda posted in her room. Our son pushed back against this teacher, and many students did so in the class. Same child has a friend who was given a 1970s Honda. We were at this friend's graduation open house, and I asked if I could see the Honda. He's speaking of a motorcycle. We were looking it over with other kids, and the motorcycle parts came up. And as a faithful listener of GL, of course, I mentioned Dennis Kirk motorcycle parts. Mm. Two of these teenagers knew of Dennis Kirk. There is hope. P.S. I enjoyed the podcast, but I grew up in the 60s and 70s enjoying radio. And I do miss the old broadcast show. But as the man's prayer says, I can change if I have to, I guess. Keep pushing back, and good luck. That's from so, uh, uh, so these Green. kids these kids knew about Dennis Kirk. Excellent. DennisKirk.com, uh, right here in Minnesota, trusted retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for you and your bike. Doesn't make any difference what kind of bike. Dennis Kirk has more than 160,000 products in stock. And if you order by 8 o'clock today, you're going to get it tomorrow. And if you try to order a gas can, they're probably going to be out because Kenny orders gas cans every single day. Well, because they got the best gas cans you can buy. Mike Schoonover messaged me last night. Hey, what's the address of that place? I need about six of them. It's <laughs> DennisKirk.com. Endless supply. $89 order ship free. They pay return shipping on helmets and apparel item. If it doesn't fit or you don't like it or you get FFLF, DennisKirk.com will take care of you. DennisKirk.com. Order today and get it tomorrow. Justice and the Souterrain. Joe, at this rate, if the Never Trump crowd is going to boycott any business that even hints at supporting Trump, they won't have many to choose from. The only varieties of beer available to satisfy their need to support organically and sustainably brewed, socially just, and culturally diverse breweries will cost them 30 bucks for a six-pack. They'll quickly figure out it's difficult to drink to the drink to effect under those economic conditions, or they won't. This is a slow-witted, stubborn bunch. Best Howard Clary's, and he uh, alerted me to a story: beer drinkers are boycotting Yingling, which is a beer not available in Minnesota, but nope. it's available uh, all up and down the Eastern Seaboard. You can get it, I believe, as far west as Indiana. And I happen to like it. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. One of America's wealthiest beer makers is in hot water after voicing support for Donald Trump. Dick Yingling, the fifth-generation owner of America's oldest brewery, gave Eric Trump a personal tour of his historic Pottsville, Pennsylvania plant earlier this week, and according to local reports, told the younger Trump, our guys are behind your father, we need him in there. His remarks sparked protest among Yingling patrons who took to social media to voice their objections. Regularly drive 90 miles from Kentucky to Ohio to get Yingling beer, but supporting a racist, misogynist, nutjob Trump is the end of the line for me. No more Yingling beer for me. Uh, adding to the list with Papa John's, Chick-fil-A, and others. The owner has endorsed Donald Trump. Bad move. Boy, the, the, these people really can get worked up, can't they? Yeah. He's so intolerant of everything. State Representative Brian oh Sims, God. one of Pennsylvania's first openly gay state legislators, wrote a lengthy Facebook post criticizing the company. Uh, Yingling and Son believe that an agenda that is anti-woman, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBT, anti-racial minority, anti-equality is best for them, and that tells me all I need to know about what they think is best for their customers. Sims wrote, a former customer for 17 years. Goodbye, Yingling. Okay. 
what are you going to drink then? What the hell? I don't let politics get in the way of my beer. No. I'll be like um, Schmidt's gay. Remember yeah. that old Saturday Night Live uh, <laughs> with I Farley don't remember and Chris Sandler. Farley? Right. It was a. Sh- it was all. I remember uh, a Van sh- Van Halen soundtrack yeah. in there in the pool or playing chicken with Chris Farley. Schmidt's gay. It would be interesting to see their stock prices. Joe, you don't let it. You don't let it get in the way of beer. I don't let it get in the way of one hell of a good chunk of chicken. That chicken is oh, out yeah. of this Where's my world. pencil? Chick-fil-A? Pencil. Yeah. I have to have it. I Where is the writing it. Uh, rolled up? Underneath your monitor. Huh? Oh, yeah. Eh? Yeah. Listen to this. Hello? Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. <laughs> Joe, I've been a loyal listener since Feb of 1999, a member of the lo- uh, Royal Order of the 21sters. Uh, I do miss the radio show, but I was not able to listen to all those shows. However, I have not missed a podcast. As I was listening to the podcast during March Madness, I was intrigued by the idea of the Bratwurst Bracket. Having not been to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, I did go to the website, and I'm looking forward to the day when I can get to their shop and purchase some of these brats you keep talking about. While on their site, I did check out brats in the different categories and decided to print off the list and put together the bracket. I'm sorry that it has taken me so long to get this to you, but I'm sure that you and the rest of the gang can put this to good use over the summer. While you keep saying that they have over 130 different brats, they only have 119 listed. Don't worry, pal. They got them. I I called up the shop, and they told me they are not able to update the website regularly. I did this not because I doubted the mayor, because you would know more about this store. I did it because I wanted to perhaps get the rest of the brat names for this bracket. Uh, They have seven cats. Okay, listen. Look what he sent. Here's the brackets. He's made the brackets. He's made the. Here's how many teams? Traditional. Sweet and fruity. Yep. Chicken and turkey. Yep. Hot and spicy and rice and herbs. Herbs. Seafood, meat and drinks. Herbs. He's got the. He's got the. He's got the all the brackets printed out. Who is this? Dean Brown. Thank nice you, job, Dean. Dean. Print your brackets. We got. We got brackets now. Yeah, we got. And I. I just had last night a Philly cheesesteak brought from Grunhoffers. It was phenomenal. Well, he's got bacon blue versus barbecue bacon and bacon cheddar. Uh, will be facing the winner of Bacon Blue and Barbecue Bacon. Blue Cheese and Apple is uh, going to face off against Cheddar. Chorizo Link awaits the winner of Feta and Spinach versus Mushroom Swiss. The guy's got the whole thing figured yeah, out. Yeah, they have the Feta and Mushroom This is Swiss. fantastic. I'm going to place you in charge of this because this is a food-based Yeah, item. it is. I, He's I, talking I, about Grunhoffers, you mm, know. See Old-fashioned meats, north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's the meat... Capital of the world. No, this Ham. is just brats. The bracket is just brats. <laughs> well, he's, no, he's got everything. I love it. The regular, the regular beef brat yep. just gets a first round buy. It gets a buy. Who <laughs> does it await the winner buy. of? Uh, it's going to go up against uh, three cheese. All right. Spencer is doing slider patties now, including bacon and cheddar, cheese curd, regular, and a brat patty. Rookie burger is a ribeye burger combo. Ri- rookie burger and ribeye burger combo pack is now available. Incredible chicken brats, mm. uh, the jerky, the whole deal. You guys know the. You guys know the. And drill. something I've never had before until I went to Grunhoffer's was, you know, there's beef sticks. They have chicken sticks in all sorts of different flavors, and they are just as delicious as the beef sticks. GLers are meeting each other at Grunhoffer's. A guy drove in here from Kalamazoo, Michigan, loaded up his car with Love meat it. and headed back. I got another email from the guy regarding the visitor from uh, from uh, Michigan. He probably came over on the ferry. 
There's ferries that cross Lake Michigan and oh. dump you off in one of two cities in Wisconsin. Right, you rented a car and boom. Peter Rauch from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Sounds like a motorcycle ride to me. Yeah. Butter and garlic beef. Not if you go down, no, not if you, motorcycle on the uh, on the ferry maybe. You don't want to go through Chicago on a bike. Well, you go through the Yoop. You'd come around the top? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, the bridge. A, they should yeah. make a motorcycle with big uh, tires that go on water, like those aqua cars. Shut up, Matthew. They have uh, they have everything you need for your Fourth of July weekend at Grundhoffers. Uh, just wonderful, wheels. wonderful stuff, including bacon and ham and steaks and chops, and it's it's the meat capital of the world. Grundhoffers oldfashionedmeats.com. Yeah. Ham, 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 Double ham. You didn't play any of the fireworks stuff today that I asked you to. We're saving it. It's only the twenty six. You know what? You know what? I have yet to hear a firecracker go off. Uh, I have heard. Years ago, at this time of year, you'd, you'd, your sleep would be disrupted. Yeah. In my neighborhood, we can't tell if they're firecrackers or gunshots. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's terrible. So are you saying you want us to stop over, Joe, maybe, and no. uh, do a little fireworks? No, maybe no, the I'm, just saying, bang, I'm, just, bang, saying, I'm just saying that the, I'm not hearing anything from the youth. Uh, I'm in a park in his driveway and fire three tubes of Roman candles right <laughs> into his garage. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not finding that. Happy Fourth of July, Suchi! Yeah, I'm, not finding July. That. I'm not even going to get out of the old farm truck. I'm, I'm just going to op- open the window and let them fly. And like, if you put that ham in one of my desk drawers, it's going to get shoved down your throat. <laughs> ham throat. Yeah. All right, boys. Tomorrow, you got to have your challenges for me. And they got to be audio. If they're not audio, I don't accept them. Got them. Mine. Is already done. Yeah. And is it guess, audio? I and guess who had the assistance with this one? Who? The big boy, Patrick James oh, Stephen Royce. Yeah, well. I got a little something for you for the mayor. Give I'm this one to the mayor. Well, <laughs> if you don't have an audio challenge, you're disqualified. Got it. Uh, before we go, Greg Holcomb, genius. Oh, yeah, oh it's brilliant. It. Yeah. Captured. Check yeah. out the new Holcomb cartoon on the website. GarageLogic.com. You click on the features drop down and you'll see the garage logic comics right next to author's corner what's on joe's bookshelf only colcom would come up with protesting rats <laughs> brilliant <laughs> yes again that's found at garagelogic.com garage logic podcast version you want to be a sponsor like grunhoffers come on down catch you next time All right.